Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Good to Go Football, a podcast, two guys just talking about football. My name is Jordan Jenks. I'm here with my co-host, Craig Pitcher. It is March 18th, and what a wild week it has been thus far. We are recording remotely. Uh, This is our seventh episode, if I'm not mistaken, and we have a lot to talk about. A little reprieve from the COVID-19. What do you say, Craig? Yes, definitely. I want to give a something for people to take their minds off everything that's going on out there in the real world. And uh, I think the NFL is up to something by keeping their free agency period going this week. So I know it's taking my mind off a little bit, a lot of scary stuff going on out there. So it was nice to get that reprieve that you were talking about. Yeah. Everybody stay safe, be smart. And hopefully this won't uh, interfere with any uh, football related things. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So, lot to talk about here, a lot to digest this week. Let's cover our biggest winners and biggest losers in free agency, Craig. We'll start with you and your biggest winners. What do you think? So my biggest winners were the Bucks, obviously, uh, Arizona, Miami, and then I had an honorable mention as the Browns. Oh. So uh, who were your winners? Well, for me, kind of similar. Number one for me was the Colts. Uh, I also okay. had the Bucks as number two, and then the Dolphins as number three for me. And my honorable mention was the Raiders, actually. Okay, so we had a couple that were the same. You want to dive into the Bucks then? Yeah, let's talk the Bucks here. What do you think of this news that came out late last night? Tom Brady leaving New England only to land in Tampa Bay, TB to TB. What do you think of this, Greg? It's wild. I, that's Well, first of all, Thank God we're out of prison. We've served our, uh, the Bills fans have served their 20 year sentence. It's finally over. <laughs> and uh, the AFC East can finally take a big, deep breath. But I know Bills fans definitely out there can take a, a big, deep breath. But uh, it is incredible that he chose the Buccaneers. Now, there's a lot of signs that point to why he did that. There's a lot of talent around. Uh, I know you and I were talking about Mike Evans. He's got that big receiver. He's got Chris Godwin. He's got OJ Howard. Cameron Braid is the backup tight end. You know how. He loved his tight ends in New England. So yeah, um, you can see on offense why he would go that direction. Um, I just didn't see it coming. I, I thought I was thinking maybe Tennessee, but then we saw that get taken care of early Sunday and then maybe the Chargers. But we mentioned Tampa Bay a little bit just as maybe maybe Tampa Bay, but I didn't think yeah. they would be a serious contender. I didn't think so either. And it's funny how this thing has kind of evolved over time. I think first time I heard was the Chargers was actually during the season. But then one team, you know, of course, they were talking about Tennessee. And then it looked like a week ago, if I was a betting man, I was going to say he was going to end up back in New England. But I was dead wrong. And then uh, you remember a couple weeks back when that 49ers news had come out? Yeah. That they were interested in trading Garoppolo straight up or what have you. But what a place to end up there with Bruce Arians, who at one point revived the career of um, the aging Carson Palmer. Yes, definitely. And. It's like a soft place to land. And, uh, just not the Brady news. I mean, they franchi- franchise uh, Shaq Barrett. They uh, brought back Jason Pierre-Paul. Yep. And uh, they just, they're, they're rumored to have Antonio Brown possibly come in there too. I know some people oh. shot that down, but it's <laughs> it, it, the rumor was circulating over the last day that Brady, one of his things was bringing Antonio Brown in with him. But we'll see oh. how that comes. If that happens, my God, they got, they got a lot of pieces on offense. That's a lot of firepower to keep pace with the Saints there in the NFC South. Definitely. Um, the the two tight end set thing, you know, kind of reminded me of when they had Air, the late Aaron Hernandez and Gronk, who's now going into WWE, by yeah. the way. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they would run those two tight end sets. And O.J. Howard, I think he could do a, a Gronk impression if, at best. There probably won't ever be another Gronkowski, but um, he's from Western New York. Uh Yes, anyway, yeah, <laughs> Buffalo but, uh, area, Buffalo area, yeah. But a uh, two tight end set. But then you got Mike Evans, who's just a dominant guy, big, big target. Chris Godwin, like you mentioned, they got Ronald Jones. But you also heard they might be reaching out to Melvin Gordon, right? Yeah, I saw a couple things that they were linked. Uh, now is that just people spitballing, saying that Brady's there? But I also heard uh, possibly they could look into. Um, Todd Gurley, I know that'd be a big contract. It would have to be with the cap space. But then I saw something interesting about Deion Lewis possibly going to them. And you know how he used to just dump the ball off to Deion Lewis in New England. If he can bring one of his pals with him and try to um, show Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, hey, this is going to be my show. Uh, 
a little bit, and this is what we did in New England, and this was very successful. You never know. You don't. Bruce Arians is a very charismatic coach, kind of laid back, you know, uh, totally different than Bill Belichick. By far. And it's worked for him, you know, at various times. But I get the sense that Tampa Bay now is going to be one of those places where players that are looking for a team are somewhat attracted to the opportunity here to play alongside a guy like Tom Brady. Exactly. And they, they do have a good nucleus. I think their defense finished uh, pretty – we'd have to go back and look at our notes, but I think they finished pretty strong with Todd Bowles calling the shots. You mentioned JPP. I just read where um, he was out half the season with a neck injury, but he had eight and a half sacks in eight games. He is a disruptive guy, especially when you put him opposite of Shaq Barrett. Definitely. So they definitely have some weapons there. And exactly, and it's the second year that a lot of those players are in that defense, so they're just going to keep improving. So it's I'm I'm impressed with the move. I mean, I'm happy he's out of the conference, so I would have been impressed with any NFC team if he went there. But I honestly think this gives him the most firepower. And something interesting is with the CBA. The CBA, they agreed for that seventh playoff team. So if they don't start clicking right away and the Saints get off to a fast start, and if the Saints do win that division again, all Brady needs to do is he just needs a ticket to the dance. And if it's a seven seed, heck, even if it is, even if they get in as the division winner of the wild card, they just need to get in. And I, you don't know what Brady can do, especially with all that talent around him. Yeah. You know, he hasn't had weapons like this. You know, I'm going to go so far as to say since um, 2007. Uh, I agree. He had, he had Randy Moss there. Um, I get yeah, it. He didn't have Gronkowski, but a guy like Mike Evans is so dangerous. I mean, with this team, Jameis Winston threw for 30 touchdowns. Okay. Uh, there's something to be said about that. Their offense was on fire under Jameis, and he had all the picks, too. Brady's not going to have those picks. Uh, no. He won't have that many, at least. I know that. So no. he's, just, he's smarter with the ball, and I, I think Chris Godwin's going to thrive under him. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if they were smart, they would bring in another running back. And um, I think their offensive line is halfway decent, too. Yes. Which so, is critical for a guy like Brady. He needs to stay upright. He needs to, he can move around in the pocket, but uh, he can. He'll, he'll mask a lot of the problems if they do have problems. But I, I think he'll be fine there. But that's a good point about the seventh seed now with the new CBA. I see them giving New Orleans a run for their money. And – you know, not to get on a too much of a bunny trail here, but I think New Orleans' window is rapidly closing. How many times can that team go to the playoffs? I kind of love talking about it because I don't really care for them. Yeah. But <laughs> how many times can you go to the playoffs and just have these horrible endings and just keep picking yourself up by your bootstraps, really? Exactly. Maybe they'll find magic and bring in Malcolm Jenkins back and they can try to restore <laughs> what they did for that Super Bowl back then. But uh, who yeah. knows? I, I, I do agree with you. I think they will make a – make a run for that division, but I, I think they'll be in the playoffs in some uh, somehow, some way. Uh, ticket sales went through the roof. Yes, I saw a lot of waiting. <laughs> yes. And boy, you know, that's a small market team. I just didn't see that coming. It's cool. It, it's I think it's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for the whole situation, and it's going to make it fun in that division. And I mean, that division disappointed oh, yeah. last year besides New Orleans. So it's uh, going to bring, uh, bring some spice to the south, and it should be interesting. Uh, just another thought, poor Matt Ryan has to face Tom Brady, a guy who ripped a Super Bowl ring out oh, of his exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Twice a year, he's got to be reminded of that. If he constant reminder. Already. Constant reminder. <clears throat> but, yeah, that definitely adds some intrigue there to the NFC South and Tampa Bay especially. That is very, very exciting. Yes. Uh, the Colts for me, man, that was my biggest winner, I think, to bring in a guy like Phillip Rivers. And it's not just because it's Phillip Rivers. It's because of the offensive line and overall the team that they have. Speaking of offensive line, they also brought Kepa Costanzo in-house for two more years. So I think – and they signed him before they signed Rivers. So you had to imagine that came up in the room in the conversation, as you'd mentioned, you know, kind of using that as, um, as leverage into bringing Costanzo back. I agree. And then it happened early Sunday morning too. So they, I think they all had a grand plan. And I think they had some backup plans too, but Rivers was there. That's who they wanted to get. Yeah. Uh, he's got to be happy about on his left side, he's got Costanzo. And, and then at left guard, whom I think is the best guard in the league, Quentin Nelson. Oh, definitely. I mean, good grief. You know, going from the Colts, who had one of the worst offensive lines right in the bottom, to 
one of the better offensive lines. He's got T.Y. Hilton, you know, and they've got a defense that's going to keep them in games. And I know we're going to sort of analyze the trades here in a little while, but they brought in DeForest Buckner, gave up their first-round pick, sure, but they got a sure thing for it in DeForest Buckner. He's a just a wrecking ball. You were mentioning them in the Super Bowl. He just kept getting after Mahomes. He's a monster. He's also a team captain, so you know you're getting a good character guy, a leader in the locker room. So, boy, that's going to be exciting to see him back with Frank Reich, as we've been talking about the last two weeks. By far, and then he's got he's got his Austin Eckler-type player in Marlon Mack. I mean, Marlon Mack, can, he can do crazy things with the ball, so just get it to him any way you can, either hand it off or dumping it off to him. So it's going to be a little yeah. bit of comfort for uh, Phillip Rivers, and it shouldn't be that much of a learning curve, like we said, because he's been in Frank Reich's offense in the past. I'm kind of concerned about their depth at wide receiver. However... And that was, you know, I was like, well, why'd you give up your first round? But this draft is so deep at wide receiver, and I, I think they have that in the back of their mind that they might be able to add some really quality depth there alongside T.Y. Hill. Yeah, and that, and there's still some free agent receivers left too, so maybe they can go after a Paraman. That's or true. Maybe Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, Anderson exactly. is still out so, there. Uh, I know Emmanuel Sanders has been linked to Dallas. I don't think that's official yet. I mean, who knows? They could, they could talk to a lot of people, so there's still some names out there that they could go after. Or making another trade here and getting Odell Beckham oh, the house, be, something yeah, like that. that. Would be, that'd be wild. <laughs> I bet the Browns are ready to dump him off on somebody by now. Yeah, but um, boy, another team I think you also had as as a winner, at least, and we got to talk about here is the Dolphins. Very interesting what the Dolphins did. I know they threw a lot of money around. People are are worried about that they threw a lot of money around, but I mean, I was mentioning to you how. Everybody they threw the money at was either 27 or younger, so it's not like they were paying older players that might not show up or just that might be kind of declining in their career. It seems like they're hitting everybody in their prime with the Byron Jones contract. I mean, five years, $82 million. Yeah, it was $54.5 million guaranteed, but they wanted to get a corner. We hit that as one of their needs. Uh, they brought in Shaq Lawson. I talked about – I didn't think he was going to go there, but, I mean, that's a nice young defensive end that probably wasn't used the way – that he can be used in Buffalo. So, I mean, three years, $30 million mm-hmm. for him. And then Van Noy, we talked about how they needed a linebacker. Van Noy they bring in. And I, I we, we sensed that because of Flores being the coach. And I, I thought they'd be yeah. happy that he followed his old coach there. And uh, I think Van Noy realized the writing was on the wall in New England as well. And uh, Eric Flowers on the offensive line, uh, a guard. And Ted Caress from, uh, from New England as well. So, I mean, they're trying to shore up the line. And they brought Daniel Oba, so they, they're trying to get def- uh, an edge rusher as well. So everything we hit as a need they had last week, uh, to address most of them on the defensive side of the ball and a little bit on that offensive line, which kind of shores up what we were talking about with our mock drafts. And if we if it goes the way we're seeing it is, if they go for um, Justin Herbert and then possibly look at another piece on the line and then maybe even running back in the first yeah. round, they're, they're clicking. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, this definitely has like a New England feel with the guys that they brought in. You know, that shut down corner and then Van Noy and all that. I agree. Yeah, no, definitely. It looks like they are heading towards um, getting offensive guys with those first three picks, and that's what we projected out. I think we had um, Justin Herbert. You know, that remains to be seen. That could even change. They might fly up and try and grab Tua, Mm -hmm. like the Chargers. I That'll be very interesting as we get closer and closer to that point in time. But then I think we had uh, Andrew Thomas. Yep. The tackle out of Georgia. And then um, Jonathan, is it Jonathan Jonathan Taylor? Taylor out of Wisconsin, yes. The running back tried to get it off. Yeah, the running back. So I think that's who we had mocked to him. And they signed Jordan Howard as well. I forgot to mention that. So, I mean, they did get a running back, and maybe they pair a rookie with him to learn under him too. And uh, that could could be – I hate to say it, but I, I feel like Miami is a winner. And I know some people had them as losers for spending all that money, but I think they're building the core that they want to build there and changing the culture. Oh, yeah. I mean, they kind of turned it around there towards the end of the season. Definitely. You had Arizona, Craig? Yes, I had Arizona as uh, another winner. So we talked about last week how they signed DJ Humphreys to that extension, but they also transitioned tag Kenyon Drake. And then Larry Fitzgerald coming back on his one-year $11 million deal. But then the big news was the DeAndre Hopkins trade, which we're going to break down in our next segment. But, uh, yes, they got rid of that sinkhole of a contract 
and David Johnson. And he really wasn't performing the way he performed back in 2016 in uh, Cliff Kingsbury's offense. So I think they got uh, Kyler Murray, that target that's going to take over and just probably seamlessly replace, if not pass him this year, in Larry Fitzgerald. And uh, they now have weapons on offense. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I know we were talking about them adding a uh, wide receiver in the draft, you know, to throw him in the mix there. But you got Larry Fitzgerald and then a guy, if there's any wide receiver in the league that you need to have come up with a big catch, it's DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. And we mocked C.D. Lamb to them. And a lot of people have comped C.D. Lamb to DeAndre Hopkins. So, I mean, they got their proven DeAndre Hopkins. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like they have to draft C.D. Lamb and hope that he transitioned to the NFL really quickly. I mean, they have the proven commodity. So, and they also signed Devin Kennard today too from uh, the Detroit linebacker that Detroit cut the other day. Yeah. So they're adding pieces, and all of a sudden they're vaulting right up, and they're they're going to try to challenge Seattle and uh, San Francisco this year. I mean, they, in my eyes, I think they might be right there, if not past the Rams. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I also expect Kyler Murray to take a a big step here in year two. Oh yeah, he'll have a lot more around him, and yeah. it's just it's going to help him that he can. He can throw that contested ball up there and then already do the stuff that he does well and bring it back. Kenyon Drake. I mean, there was a connection there. There was chemistry and that offense, that offense seemed to flow very nicely with Kenyon Drake in the backfield. Yeah. Yeah. So they're definitely a big winner. And they signed Jordan Phillips as well. I forgot to mention that though. I was going to ask you yeah, the, the D tackle, right? Yep. From Buffalo. And uh, he had a career year last year. So uh, that can bring some stability. Now, hopefully he uh, is still as hungry as he was in his contract here. It's down there, but, uh, I mean, they're a young and exciting team, so hopefully he brings that energy he had in Buffalo down there to just continue to help their defense. Yeah, another team I kind of want to talk about staying here in the, in the West Coast is uh, the Oakland – not Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse yes. me. Not really, um, I guess you would say, sexy pickups here. Carl Nassib, the DN, coming from Tampa Bay. Uh, Corey Littleton, everybody was high on him leaving the Rams as a linebacker. They bring in Jason Witten. Uh, they signed Eli Apple, former Giants cornerback, but most recently with the Saints, has gotten better as his career has progressed. And then a very serviceable safety in Jeff Heath. Yeah, I, I really like the Witten signing because, I mean, they had Waller come on last year and he played very well. Like, that came out of nowhere. And I think just uh, Waller can learn and learn and refine his craft under Witten. I'm impressed with that signing. And I know a lot of people are like, Witten's over the hill. He can be in the booth instead. But, I mean, I think John Gruden knew what he was doing bringing him in. Yeah, you're talking about hard worker. Good example for young guys. And then that's got to help the confidence of your quarterback, knowing you got a guy like that in the huddle. Yes. And, his, yes, he is, he's not the Witten that was catching all those balls, like, what, four or five years ago. But, I mean, yeah, he's still serviceable. He made some plays last year. So, I mean, that's just going to help that offense even more. I'm just glad to see him off of the Dallas Cowboys. Because <laughs> yeah, if, if there's ever been a Giants killer in the history of man, it was Jason Witten. I know you were uh, jockeying for him to come there last <laughs> week. Uh. <laughs> well, this is just fine. He's far enough away now. Yeah. But, yep, um, uh, we got to jump into the Titans here. I don't want to okay. play this down. That's huge what they did. You know, not a lot of guys, but they signed Ryan Tannehill and they tagged Henry. So I think they took care of some big pieces there by far and Tannehill showed stability right there and then it took him out of the Brady sweepstakes so they showed Ryan Tannehill we believe in you and I mean you could see the difference in the offense it was night and day last year when he took over so it's it's good that they committed to a man and didn't leave Ryan Tannehill hanging going into free agency it showed him right off the get that we were committed to you and moving forward we want you and Henry yeah I just wonder now um what are they going to do here? Is Do you think we foresee a holdout here with Derrick Henry? No, I think they'll figure something out. I think maybe uh, it depends. If he feels like they're just going to keep tagging him, maybe. But I, I think they'll get something done before the year. Because, I mean, they got out of uh, Deion Lewis's contract. I'm not sure how much dead cap is on that, but they did cut him. So, I mean, they, they're getting some more flexibility to trade. And then you were mentioning the Gerald Casey trade to me earlier too. So that's going to free up a little bit of money. Yeah. So I, mean, I think they're trying to move the pieces around right now so they can give him a contract. I don't think it's going to be, he wants a Zeke level. Are they going to pay him like Zeke? I don't know. Maybe, but I mean, they're trying to move pieces to figure out the cap situation. 
you know, for such an impact player and having their offense revolve around him, paying a running back is not anywhere near as costly as paying a wide receiver or a quarterback. So I think it's well worth it if you've got one of those, you know, top five running backs in the league, the Saquon Barkley's, the Zeke Elliott's of the world. You might as well Very just true. pay him because their offense is predicated on his success. I agree. Definitely agree. But and yeah, he showed it, like we mentioned, he showed it in the playoffs and he showed up when the lights were on. So it was impressive. It'll be interesting to see how they respond here, losing Conklin to the Browns in free agency, trading well Jarrell uh, Casey to the Broncos, who very quietly, I think, are putting something together there in the AFC West. And yes, then uh, Logan Ryan, I don't know where he ended up. I don't know if he's ended up anywhere yet. I could, I could go back and check, um, but I don't think I, I didn't see any. I didn't see his name pop up yet anywhere. So I'm kind of concerned about their defense and the style of football they like like to play. Trading away a guy like uh, Jarrell Casey. It'll see. I think Braver will find his guys though, and I mean, they still have the draft, so they can move forward and uh, try to find some pieces there. Because I mean, they seem pretty set on offense. Uh, like you said, yes, Conklin left. Um, so they're going to have to look line, but they're going to probably build a bow out of the defense during this draft. Yeah, I think they'd better. Another team I really want to mention, and they did something very early on trading for Calais Campbell from Jacksonville, is the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this is kind of hush-hush, so they brought in Campbell. They just signed Michael Brockers, the defensive tackle in free agency, and then they tagged Judon. So I think what they're doing there is making sure they got guys there on the front of the defensive line that can apply pressure and stop the run. So I think that's a, a good philosophy. They're shoring that up. Again, it's not like the the highlight of free agency, but I think those are good, solid, yet quiet moves. It was huge news on uh, Sunday. I just think it was more huge news that uh, pretty much Jacksonville's defense that was so great is pretty much in shambles now. I don't think there's only a couple players left on that defense, and that's if Ngakwe even stays that was there when they made their run. I think the bigger news is what happened to Jacksonville and Baltimore. Baltimore got a great player, and they're just going to keep chugging along. Yeah. And then um, lastly, I'd like to mention the Browns. we got to cover this, and and I hate to crown them as the Super Bowl champions of the free agency <laughs> because of oh, what took place a... uh, last year with John Dorsey and Odell Beckham. Yeah, I could have swore they won the Super Bowl last year during the offseason. <laughs> That's all you heard. It was the, like we talked about the darling of the offseason. But we got to mention this. So we were both high on Jack Conklin. Yes. So this is this is a different Browns free agency than what we saw last year. Jack Conklin, so you're investing in your offensive line, which we know was a huge problem and contributed to the step down that Baker Mayfield took in year two. They bring in Austin Hooper, who you were high on, talking about him being one of the best tight ends in the league. So you bring in a guy like that for a young quarterback. And then we cannot forget to mention the importance of them bringing in a backup quarterback, somebody to compete with in camp, really, is Case Keenum. Yeah, I don't know if he'll compete in camp, but, I mean, Stefanski, that was his guy in Minnesota, but, I mean, he'll push him. I wouldn't be surprised if Baker gets out the way he did this past year if, if all of a sudden in Cleveland they start clamoring for Keenum because they know what he's done under Stefanski, and it's just it's a three-year deal. It looks like backup money, but it just – Something there is just showing me, like, does he fully trust Baker? I mean, Baker could come out flying this year. He could, he could be, he could show glimpses of what he did in his rookie year. But if he starts to perform like he did as a sophomore out there, I'm telling you, Cleveland fans, they, they might, they might just start jumping ship and saying, let's bring in Case, let's see what we got. The talent's there. What's going on? So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But it looks like an insurance policy to me. Yeah. Yep. Also, I believe it's just, you know, Stefanski walking into a situation with a young and immature quarterback like Baker Mayfield. He's probably asking himself, who do I want a young and immature quarterback to learn how to be a professional from? And he's reminded of Case Keenum based on his previous work with with Minnesota. So it's not just the stuff on the field. I think it's going to be study habits. How do you conduct yourself, you know, in public, things like that, because Case Keenum is a high character guy. That's a great point. They also transitioned uh, Kareem Hunt as well, and uh, I think that's good because they already have Nick Chubb. He's amazing, a great back. And then but Kareem Hunt, he started clicking towards the end of the season too, and if 
he starts performing like he did in Kansas City. They have a good two-headed monster back there too to help out Baker. Oh, Nick Chubb is is excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were my honorable mention. So yeah, we we're on the same page for a lot of these. Yeah. I, do you think that just about covers our biggest winners here? Yes, definitely does. It does for me. You want to get into some of the losers here? <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to crush some losers because my favorite team is at the top of the list. I have New England as my number one, first and foremost. Yeah. But I also followed that up with the Jets and then the Texans. But uh, okay. I'll, I'll kick it over to you for who you had. Oh, we had eerily similar losers here. Um, I had number one as Texans for me. Uh, number okay. two was New England, but then three instead of the Jets in my top three, I have the Giants. So, oh man, your own team. But, All right. Yeah, but the Texans I think are huge losers because of what they gave up to really get just a David Johnson in a second round pick. Not to knock David Johnson, but he just hasn't been the same since that injury. You know, if he's if he shows up as 2016 David Johnson. We might be singing a different tune, but to give up a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, who a lot like Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback, but a lot of the big plays and a lot of the success that he has, you can almost tie directly to DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, yeah, and you're replacing with Randall Cobb, who isn't quite no. the same Randall Cobb he was in Green Bay. No. And then, yeah, and then Will Fuller can't stay on the field to save his life. And to think yeah, that they yeah. traded for David Johnson when they had a great year out of Carlos Hyde and they could have just brought him back for a lot cheaper of a price tag and kept their great receiver. Um, and we'll explain why maybe they got rid of him in a little bit, but it just, it's puzzling. It's puzzling to me. And they let DJ reader, they had to get rid of him. Like there's, they, they have some big losses on that team. And yeah. it's, it's tough because you have Tennessee who's good and you have Indy come in. It's, it's, it's a puzzling off season so far. Yeah, they're going to be in a tough spot there. Uh, New England, I think, are the biggest losers here. <laughs> yeah. so, you know what? They should have locked up Tom Brady after that last Super Bowl win. By far. They should have finally paid him. I mean, you know, it, it's worth so much just to keep the greatest quarterback of all time in your building. What are they going to do now? And I think we're going to speculate that further on and do a segment on it. But just the biggest losers here. Exactly. They lost Brady. They lost Van Noy. They lost the Landon Roberts, who was a linebacker slash fullback. They lost their starting center. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And I mean, they haven't gotten a quarterback yet. They've been linked to a couple people, but who knows? Is Belichick just going to be stubborn? Is he going to maybe take someone in the draft that we weren't even thinking about? Or is he going to roll with Stidham to show, hey, I know more? I mean, it sounds like they didn't want him back. I mean, maybe the owner did, but it's either Brady didn't it's just so weird how it went down. Like I, I felt like they would have tried to keep them. There's speculation that Brady wanted to see if they could get anybody. Cause I heard they were talked about with the digs trade. Like maybe they were just seeing what was available and maybe that could have got him to stay. But it seems like when, once it was talked about that he was possibly leaving, it looks like everybody jumped ship. Yeah. And their offense was bad last year with Brady. I think it's going to be even worse without him this year. I agree. I agree. That's a, that's a big load to put on Sonny Michelle in the backfield because he didn't have a good year either. So, and, uh, James White, I cannot see as being half the player he was without Brady with him. Yeah. Well, the Giants here, let me just talk about the Giants here real quickly. Uh, biggest move they made was um, Bradbury here. James Bradbury. Uh, did they break the bank? Sure. Is he a lockdown corner and has played his entire career against some of the best wide receivers in the league? The answer to that is a emphatic yes, and he's held his own. So James Bradbury, I think it's great. I think that now they have some excellent depth. He'll be playing opposite of what will now be a second-year Dre Baker, who really turned it on at the end of the year. thought he played really well, especially if they're, they re- released uh, Janoris Jenkins. Then they'll have Sam Beal as depth. I think that's a great move. Uh, the Blake Martinez, the guy's a tackle machine. He led the league in tackles last year. He has not missed a single start. Does he struggle in pass coverage? Yeah, he does, but he's a good linebacker. This has Their acquisition so far has a very New England feel to me, kind of like how Miami does with an emphasis on linebackers and having a lockdown cornerback. I mean, that just screams Bill Belichick to me all day. Yeah. You know, going all the way back to the 86 Giants. Um, so it looks like a Bill Belichick move here. 
So those are all great. That's all fine and dandy. You know, they had to slap the franchise tag on Leonard Williams, which now gives um, the New York Jets the Giants' third-round pick. Um, you know, that could work out good. I wanted to see them grab Clowney, and now that Clowney's just kind of out there in space, maybe he'll come back around full circle and they'll get him cheaper than what they originally offered him. That's a good point, too, yes. But Leonard Williams, you know – I don't know. He didn't do enough for me to warrant a third-round pick and then the kind of money they're going to be paying him. Um, my biggest problem here is, granted, those are good defensive picks and we want defense in New York and their defense does look a lot better, but it does not matter because they still have a bad offensive line. When there were obvious offensive targets that they could have brought in, okay, so you miss on Jack Conklin. You could have gotten... Glasgow, the center slash guard, who ended up, I forget where now. Um, but then you could have also grabbed McGovern. I think Glasgow went to Denver. I think he did go to Denver. He did go to Denver. Yeah. Okay. And they could have grabbed McGovern, the center that was a Denver Bronco. Didn't grab a sing. haven't grabbed a single offensive lineman. I'm just really concerned because their starting center – he was really bad, but he I think he tore his Achilles the last game of the year. So I would not want to even see him come back, even if he were healthy. Hernandez struggled. Zeitler was a disappointment. Remmers walked. You know, they do have Nick Gates that played pretty good at right tackle at the end of the year. They still have Nate Sodder over on the left side that was just horrible. And they didn't do anything to address it. So they have further pigeonholed themselves at that number four pick. You've got to go offensive tackle. And it's a good thing there are some really good offensive tackles. But Dave Gettleman's philosophy has always been you don't want to go into the draft hungry. But that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, they've narrowed it right to that. They, they cannot do anything but O-line at number four. I mean, I will be absolutely shocked if they do something different. And then, and what are they going to do the next day? We took best player available. Well, you put yourself in a hole right here because you didn't make the big splash in for agency for a tackle. And maybe that, maybe that wasn't the option, but I mean, you haven't even done any little thing to try to address it. No. So uh, they have to go t- somewhere on the offensive line. And we had what Becton going there. That would be, that would be perfect. I yeah, think yeah. Or Tristan Wirfs. Or we had Tristan Wirfs going there. My bad. I know uh, no, some yeah. people have talked Becton possibly going there as well. It's just, they they have to, it's the writing's on the wall. I'll be absolutely shocked if at number four an offensive lineman doesn't go off the board. Yeah, I you know I don't know if it's because Joe Judge had a conversation with Gettleman and said, "Look, you've tried to fix the offensive line the last two off seasons, which I really think he's done his best to try and do it up to this point, and just said, "No, we're going to focus on defense. This is the New York Football Giants. We play defense. We win with defense." I don't know if that's the approach they're taking. That's yeah, interesting, and I mean, uh, with just with the Giants keeping the New York thing, the Jets kind of the same way. Yeah, they brought in some, some not high level offensive linemen. They whipped on Conklin just like the Giants, mm-hmm. and I mean, they bring in George Fant. He's a backup, and then Alex Lewis. But the McGovern, I was happy with the McGovern signing. I thought that was a good signing for them. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's like the same theme. It's like, how are they going to protect their young quarterback? I mean, yeah. maybe Fant will pay off, but he was, he was a a, a backup in Seattle. I mean. He's played some, but I mean, not. He wasn't a starter that Seattle is crying about that they lost him today. And I yeah. mean, they didn't. They didn't address the edge. They didn't. And they might not even get Robbie Anderson back. So why aren't they helping their young quarterbacks? Both New York teams. It's it's puzzling no. to me. Sam Darnold, if he doesn't make a huge jump this year, it's over. I agree. This isn't I, Tampa Bay. You know, uh, this isn't the San Diego Chargers or somewhere. No one really cares. It's New York. And he's got to perform, or him and uh, Adam Gase are going to be out looking for a job. If you yeah, ask me, I, I think they could probably try to scapegoat Gase one more time. So I think if he struggles this year, I think Darnold will get one more season, maybe under one more new guy. But I mean, Gase has been determined. Everybody dubs him as the quarterback whisperer, but I mean, Peyton Manning was. <laughs> you don't always have Peyton Manning, so I mean, no. Darnold is not Peyton Manning, and I have not been impressed with Gase. So I think, yeah, I think he's done, but I honestly think that ownership would try one more last-ditch effort to bring in someone to try to help him before they get rid of Darnold. I can see Gase out the door really fast if he gets off to a bad start. Uh, So they're both losers. I just feel bad for the both of them, him and Daniel Jones, like not getting a fair shake in this thing. But 
we'll see. Maybe they can run the ball, shorten the game, and then I just want to see Daniel Jones where he doesn't have to do everything like he did every game this last season. And something we got to talk about is I really, I sincerely believe he was snubbed for uh, rookie of the year. But I want to talk about that in a further segment. Gotcha. When you really look at it, it's, um, yeah, you know, I mean, he wasn't even mentioned, and it's not right the way he played and everything. So I digress, Craig. Sorry about that. No, it's all good. I, just, <laughs> I think that pretty much wraps up our losers, too. And I think we hit on most of the contracts. Uh, I know what we didn't mention the Amari contract, Amari Cooper, with a, the five year hundred million. But uh, yeah. Dallas uh, definitely uh, cash a check on that one. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if that continues. And I mean, they tagged Dak, so we'll see on that as well. But uh, yeah, hey, one honorable point. mention loser for me is the Vikings. They look like they're a team in full rebuild. I don't know what's going on. That's <laughs> yeah, it exactly. I think we'll hit on them with that Diggs trade too. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it does. It's we we talked about how they were in a little bit of trouble, how they wouldn't be able to keep everybody, and we saw that with Joseph walking out the door. Um, them getting rid of digs, not saving a bunch there. And it's just, and then, well, they got rid of Xavier Rhodes, which we said that last week, the writing was on the wall for him, but Trey Wayne saying, uh, signs elsewhere. It's just, they didn't keep anybody. Yeah. Linval Joseph, who's now a, uh, LA charger. Glad yes, to he see is. That. They're building it there in LA. They're definitely building it. So. Yeah. Well, we'll be talking about them here shortly. So definitely. So I think that wraps up our winners and losers. <laughs> all right so we're past covering all the biggest winners and losers in free agency thus far let's break down some of these trades here first let's start off with this hopkins johnson trade yeah so the hopkins johnson trade very interesting so hopkins in a fourth goes to arizona for johnson a second and a 2021 fourth so uh to me i don't know how you trade a guy it has 632 receptions, 8,602 yards, and 54 touchdowns rolling into his eighth season at 27 years old. Still in his prime. And you trade him. It's, it's mind-boggling. Uh, that really was. That was a shocker. Like I said earlier, I believe DeAndre Hopkins is tied to much of Deshaun Watson's success up to this point. He's just one of those guys that you can throw the ball up to, and he's going to come down with it. And you just kind of let him walk. And for what, really? And he's a warrior. He always was on the field. He really didn't miss a lot of time. I, I think maybe as a rookie, he might have missed a couple games. But, I mean, he's always there. I know he was playing through injuries a lot, and he was consistent. I always have him in fantasy. I love the guy. Yeah. And he was always – he's saving my team week in and week out. So, it's it's crazy. Now, I know they have Will Fuller, but like you mentioned uh, – he really can't stay on the field, the no, wide receiver can't. out of Notre Dame. You get three good games from him, he catches like six or seven bombs, and everybody's all over Will Fuller, and then he's out for seven to eight weeks or maybe the rest of the season every single time. That's what it seems like to me. And, I mean, yeah. you know, when he is good, you know, you got to contribute that to Hopkins being double covered all the time. Exactly. He's pulling the coverage off, and, and no wonder he's going to break free. And, I mean, they had Kenny Stills last year, too, that took some of the pressure off. But, I mean, and Fuller could still – he still couldn't stay on the field. Yeah. So it's just, and I mean, it's not like they're getting the David Johnson from 2016. I know you mentioned that earlier. I mean, yeah, in 2016, he had 2018 per all purpose yards, but I mean, he only played one game the year after. And then 2018, he had a solid year. I mean, 1300 or yeah, about one, yeah, 1386 all purpose yards, but it wasn't the year before, like he had in 16. And then just with Cliff Kingsbury's offense, it was just, it, it, it kind of disappeared. So, I mean, they, they switched over to Kenyon Drake. So, yeah, maybe like we mentioned earlier, does Bill O'Brien think he can unlock something in David Johnson? He's still relatively young. I mean, he running is. backs age a lot faster than wide receivers, though, and it was a heavy price tag. So, yeah, I'd like to see David Johnson do well there. I think he's a good guy. But um, needless to say, the Cardinals won this trade. And, and what do you think about that wide receiver core now with DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, it's, it's amazing. So you have Fitz for another year that he can just play right alongside Fitzgerald, right alongside Hopkins. And then it, it's just, it's crazy because they got young pieces and just to throw him in there. And I mean, you saved Arizona from the problem that they had. There was talks. I, I listened to podcast after podcast or different shows saying no one's even going to take David Johnson for a seventh round pick. No one wants to take that con- or that contract. And then here walks up Houston. Oh, yeah, take our Pro Bowl every single year wide receiver, <laughs> our all-pro wide receiver that has zero drops in the last 
the last decade, basically, and here you go. We'll get you out of your contract in this situation. Yeah, you might have to pay DeAndre Hopkins, but he's more proven than Johnson ever was. Yeah. And as if Deshaun Watson isn't asked to do enough, he's going to have to do even more without Hopkins on the outside. I wouldn't be surprised if Watson takes a huge step back in his progression here. Hags, Randall Cobb isn't isn't, isn't DeAndre Hopkins at all. But no, it, to mention those wide close. receivers again, though, but in Arizona, yeah, the Christian Kirk, and then you have Isabella as well. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a very solid receiving core. And like we mentioned earlier, we had them mock C.D. Lamb, and they can definitely look and focus on the line now. I mean, it just makes so much sense for Arizona, and Bill O'Brien's getting mocked for this. It's it's Because they still don't have their first-round picks. It's not like they're getting that back from Laramie Tunsil. Yes, they got a second, but that's still – maybe they'll try to pair their seconds up, but, I mean – it, they still didn't get a first round pick back. So yeah. it's, I know we, there's a lot of rumors coming out that uh, there's a lot of friction there. Um, you got to work through that friction. You got to figure that out. I mean, make the man happy. I mean, he's been your offense. I know Watson, er, maybe Watson will be able to overcome all of this and we'll all be wrong. But I mean, <sighs> that's tough. That is tough. Yeah, one thing, we're going to start hearing Steve Kimes' name thrown around the GM from Arizona like he's some kind of genius again, and I kind of dread that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was really hey. crammed down our throat the last four or five years about, you know, heavily touted as a, as a great GM, and then that kind of petered out, but I'm sure we're going to hear it again. Oh, I think you will. They're going to be thrown in our face this year, which they're exciting and young. They're young besides all Larry Fitzgerald. They're pretty dang young. That's interesting. They, the Kingsbury offense, where you kind of spread your receivers out. Hopkins guy can blow the top off things, and then you can do all your dink and dunk beneath them. Exactly, and he just he contested catches. He'll do whatever you ask him to. He, I mean, I just think about Kyler Murray, how this will benefit him. Yeah, his red zone target, He he has a – a proven red zone target. I mean, you have Isabella that can just take it down on the field. You have Fitzgerald who's going to do everything he asks, but then you have Hopkins who does it even better. So, I mean, Kyler Murray's set up. Yeah. He's definitely set up for a big second year. And you make a great point. They don't have to worry so much about bringing in another wide receiver in the draft. They can focus on the offensive line. Continue to protect their young asset. Yeah. So, you know, I like what they're doing there. And I, I think that NFC West is just kind of loaded, man. It's exciting, and it just sucks that the Bills have to play them this year. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, uh, be a tough ride when Arizona was thought to be the easy team, and uh, my goodness, so it's going to be an interesting year having to go out there. Yeah. You want to get into the Diggs-Bills trade here? Oh, yes. Okay, so, have um, at it, my friend. I'm, I'm very excited. So what did we talk about a couple episodes ago? Biggest need. Biggest need for Buffalo is a playmaker. Yeah. Whether it be wide receiver, it just needed to be speed on offense. And you got one of the best route runners in the league in Diggs. You got him under control for the next four years, $47.5 million. That is a bargain compared to what Amari Cooper just signed for. Now, will he ask for a new contract? My gut says no, because Buffalo told Antonio Brown last year when they traded for him, we're not giving you a new contract. And he said no. I'm assuming the same talk might have happened because Buffalo was looking for control. You're giving up a first-round pick. Yeah, it's number 22, but you want to make sure he's under control for four years. Now, does he have a good year and then ask for something in the offseason? I can see that happening, but I think Diggs is just going to show up, and I think he's just going to be professional. He obviously wanted out from the Kirk Cousins like uh, uh, situation, and it already I saw the little Twitter back and forth between him and Josh Allen, so I would love for some chemistry there. But to pair him with both uh, – uh, John Brown and Beasley. Oh, it is exciting. And Dawson Knox, a, t- a young tight end. Yeah. It's a young offense. And Diggs is Diggs is like the oldest guy on the offense, and he's 26. So um, wow. I know the st- the sticker shock when the fir- the trade first came out. The whole first round pick, fifth round pick, sixth round pick, 2021 fourth. Everybody's like, what the heck? Like that that's a that's a big price tag compared to what DeAndre Hopkins went to Arizona with. But if you really look at it, the Bills had two fifths. And they had three sixths. So one of those fifths was Wyatt Teller, who they traded to Cleveland, who only started nine games as a guard for them last year. It's not like he's a all-pro, pro bowler that they got that fifth-round pick for. And then you got Russell Bodine, who they traded to New England for the sixth. And, I mean, he got cut. So if you really break it down and you told me that the Bills traded, yes, pick number 22, Wyatt Teller, Russell Bodine, and the 2021 fourth for Diggs, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. So I'm, I'm extremely excited. No, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. They had to get another wide receiver. 
And when you bring in Diggs, you don't have to worry about, is this guy's play going to transition to the NFL? You know what you're getting there. And it's exactly. well worth the first-round pick. The other picks, those – I've been watching the draft a long time. The fourth and up, even the third through the seventh round, those rarely shake out in your favor. It's hard. It's, I know Buffalo drafts well, but you're, you're right. And, I mean, especially a receiver – receivers yes yeah, some come in they blaze the nfl right up the get but a lot of them would take a little while to transition so you're getting a proven receiver that has 365 receptions over what 4500 yards 30 touchdowns in his career and he averaged 17.9 yards a carry or a reception last year so it's like you're getting a proven commodity that can catch the deep ball that can maybe mask some of the inaccuracy problems that josh allen does have on the deep ball that was those rare the regular high last year but i mean you saw Diggs catching some crazy balls from Cousins that weren't properly thrown, but, I mean, Diggs, his speed can overcome that. So, you're right. Like, why why wait for a receiver, like, if, say, T. Higgins, per se? I mean, you, you don't know if he's going to come in. Yeah, he can come in and be the rookie of the year, but that's not a guarantee. You have a proven commodity, and I think it was a very, very smart decision for the Bills to do. Yeah. And, I mean, the Vikings on the other end, they only saved $5.5 million. I I mean – it's it's rough. That that must have there must have been something in the locker room between him and Cousins. And I know they're trying to save any dime they can at the moment, but you're giving up a young a young. Ta- I, he's definitely more talented than Thielen in my eyes. But it's just it's, it's incredible that for a little bit of cap, uh, like to save a little bit of cap, that they were willing to do this. Now maybe they find the receiver and keep moving, but it's another puzzling trade that I think Buffalo knocked out of the park. Uh, yeah, I think they definitely won that trade. I agree with you. Yes, it's it's. Uh, I'm excited. I cannot wait to see. I'm uh, hopefully training camp starts on time because I'm going to be all over seeing what's going on that with that. I'm I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, you just think about the possibilities. Like you said, him and John Brown and Beasley underneath, and it's exactly. going to help they, Josh Allen. And this wide receiver draft is so deep. If I know uh, Beasley and Brown, they only got two years left. So if they really wanted to look for another young receiver, maybe Claypool in the third if he lasts that long. I mean, just someone like that or a Pittman Jr. Yeah. to add a little bit of size. I mean, the options are still there. So, I mean, it's not like this is what they're going in with. But, I mean, even if they did go in with this, I'd be perfectly fine with this receiver core. So. Yeah, good for Bills fans here. That's a great trade. Uh, another team giving up a first-round pick, the Indianapolis Colts, bringing in Buckner, defensive tackle from San Francisco. Exciting. Uh, we mentioned it too. We mentioned they wouldn't be able to keep everybody. We mentioned it's shocking though that it was Buckner that was coming back, and then they slapped the five-year, twenty-one million per season on him right off the get. Um, it just shows that they're committed to him right off the start, and they want him to be the building block of that defense. Armstead, right? Arik Armstead got that country. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. He he got the one in uh, in San Francisco. They did end up paying him. Yeah. So uh, absolutely good. For- Good for Armstead. He he deserved it. But the, the, uh, Buckner, though, got paid by Indy as well. So, I mean, everybody got paid. And, I mean, Indianapolis, they needed to rebuild that defensive line or add more pieces to it. And why not start with someone with his track record, never never missing a game in his career? And, I mean, he's just – he's been incredible. He's been incredible. Now, I'm going to look and see where Indy was picking. Uh, they were 13th. picking 13th. We had yep. Jordan Love mocked to them. That's not going to happen now. Uh, but th- we also mentioned that the 49ers had some issues with the draft. Remember that we thought, yes. oh, they're definitely going to trade back. This is now impre- Now they have that 13th pick. They get, they get, that opens up the door big time for San Francisco. Maybe they don't need to trade back now. I mean, I'd be happy go- walking into a draft with two firsts and then, okay, I don't draft to the fourth, but I should be able to get one starter, if not two, in that first round. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. If you get – the first round is your best opportunity to get a day one starter. After that, it's a crapshoot, honestly. You're right. And then just think of it, though. So we had C.D. Lamb going to eight to Arizona. We know that's not going to happen anymore. If it did, that would be wild. But it's not going to happen. But um, so say now that wide receiver talent is just going to start to fall a little bit. So yeah. could Sam Fran get a C.D. Lamb or a Jerry Judy, which they would have had no shot at before at 31? Yes, it's a deep class, but if you want one of the three top premier receivers, you are now in a perfect position to get one of those, to pair with Jimmy Garoppolo to, to, to cover for not having Emmanuel Sanders anymore, and you can put another young superstar receiver with uh, Debo Samuel. 
Yeah. That that is exciting. And from the Colts perspective, it's kind of going back to that Buffalo mentality where it's like, why take the risk? Why play around with a first round pick, a kid coming out of college, you're not sure about how he's gonna transition into the game. Why waste our time? Let's just give up the first round pick and get what we need and we know what we're getting. Oh yeah, you you end day one with your press conference to your fans telling them you got the fourth Buckner with the thirteenth pick. There's not gonna be one fan that's upset. I mean, no. what past two seasons, he's got eighteen and a half sacks and 125 tackles as a D tackle. Yeah. As a D tackle. I mean, I think he's the second best compared to Donald. Obviously, Donald's got the crown for number one, but Buckner's yeah. name is definitely in the hat for that. I think the biggest disappointment for the fans is, you know, you got to sit out the first round of the draft. And yeah. That as it's become be a primetime thing, you know, that is the disappointing factor. But you're right. Once training camp rolls around, no one's going to remember. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it would be a, a quiet night that night. But, I mean, uh-huh. there's a lot of teams without a first-round pick now, so it's going to seem like you're just seeing the same – yeah, same, same 20 yeah. teams walking up to the podium. I mean, yeah. if they're even walking, if they're the even there, right? Day. They might be yeah. doing what you and I are doing. Yeah, exactly, they might be doing it over <laughs> the phone. And... They are NFL's looking into innovative ways to carry out the draft, but it's still going to happen, thankfully. Yeah, I just don't think the fans are going to be there, and they're not going to have all the festivities, which has kind of made it cool. Like within uh, when they had it in Nashville last year, and then or was it Philly last year? I can't Last remember. year was Tennessee. It was okay, huge. it was Nashville, and then I know the Philly one. So it is exciting. I mean, it's exciting, and it's good for the city, and it's revenue because it's the NFL, and it sells. So it's a little disappointing there, but uh, it might not have the same pizzazz that it has in the past. No, it might not even have the same pizzazz it had 20 years ago in Radio City Music Hall in New York City. <laughs> that, that, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Those were pretty boring drafts. Yes, they were. I think they had about 15 minutes for the, each first-round pick, uh, but I digress again. <laughs> well, let's, let's let's hope that they can figure something out so they can get some entertainment value out of it, but it uh, should be pretty fun regardless. Hey, another trade I wanted to mention here, it took place today. Surprising, but I kind of like it. It's Foles from Jacksonville headed to Chicago, the Windy City, for a fourth-round pick. So practically nothing. They're absorbing the contract. That's probably the biggest takeaway here. But Foles landing in Chicago with Nagy. Yeah, Ooh. and they were able to restructure that, too. So, oh, they uh, did? Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the exact details, so I don't want to get quoted on it. But I saw some opt-outs, too, possibly after the second, maybe even after the first year. So, I mean, if it doesn't work out right off the bat, Chicago's not, like, totally locked in or if Foles doesn't feel right I think I, I don't know which side it benefits I'd have to get back to everybody on that but I know there was a restructuring there I think to lessen the blow too right off on the first year yeah because as we explored last week they're kind of hurting there the, yes. the Bears are uh, but yes. bringing in Foles now some people might be scratching their head but if we think about this Nagy comes from the same tree coaching tree as Doug Peterson and that is Andy Reid Yes. And we know Foles did play for Reed in Kansas City. Didn't quite work out. Maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't a good team, but it sure as heck worked out with Doug Peterson. Definitely worked out with Doug Peterson. I mean, I I was one of the believers. I thought they should have just stuck with Foles and maybe not paid Gwentz. But, I mean, that was just me. Uh, so, if, if he can find some of the magic he found in Philadelphia, uh, it's just are they going to let it go into camp where they compete? I, I'm assuming they're not just going to say bye, Mitch. I think they're going to have it. It's going to be a competition, but there might be a de facto winner already. Yeah. It's just it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on how that plays out and just how they try to keep everybody happy in that situation. If Nagy's smart, he will just do whatever Doug Peterson did with Nick Foles because Nick Foles was excellent under Doug Peterson, and I'm right there with you. I would have kept Foles and, and traded uh, for a lot of draft capital for Carson Wentz. So if he's smart, he will just keep do whatever Doug Peterson did with him. Exactly. I take it right out of that playbook from that Super Bowl and then just that run up to the Super Bowl. I mean, Foles managed that offense and he looked efficient and he was effective. And I mean, if they can get that, like we, we mentioned, Chicago has weapons. They just got to use them. And uh, it's like Tree Cone could be like your Corey Clement was in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's fast enough. You, you never know. You can hit him on some seam routes and everything. And they have tight ends. So they just signed Jimmy Graham as well. So Yeah, what do you think and, of that, Jimmy Graham? Uh, he's got to stay healthy. And I yeah. mean, he did some good things last year with green Bay. Yeah, he did. He's he not did. what he and, was, but he did some good things last year. Maybe that'll help Trey Burton too, because 
Yeah. I'm, I, I hate to keep bringing up fantasy, but I mean, I take Trey Burton every year as a, as a flyer hoping that something comes from it. And it's like, I know he had some injury problems this year, but the year before it's like he was on the field and they weren't using him the way they could have, but maybe, maybe, Oh, Foles and Burton had a connection there towards the end of the Super Bowl run too. So maybe this will help. I was just Burton. thinking that too. Yeah. 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 They were uh, roommates, I think in training camp. I'm not yep, mistaken. And, and, and Burton threw the touchdown to him on the yeah the, the Philly special, the Philly right? Special, yeah. <laughs> maybe, right up a bunch of plays like that, but uh, you never know. That's true. That's a that's a great tie in there. That's excellent. I didn't think of that. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. I I was I was shocked at first, but I guess we're starting to put it together where maybe there are some connections there. Yeah, no, I I believe so. I think uh, that's going to give Nagy the best chance to keep his job. In fact. I agree. I agree. Um, you want to jump into these quarterbacks that are still or some quarterback situations that need to still shake out? Yeah, let's do that. It's kind of like a what remains to be seen here. So Matt yeah. Rule comes in this week. They bring in Teddy Bridgewater. They sign him to a deal. They give Cam uh, permission, if you will, to seek a trade. Question yeah, is, was, where does he end up? First of all, it's crazy how that all went down because it was it was kind of proposed to the league that cam asked for permission and then it comes out on his twitter well, i guess we'll never maybe someday we'll get the full story but cam's acting like carolina already told them their plan that they were moving on it was just awkward how it went down especially for a guy that did bring your team to a super bowl at one point former mvp of, exactly and there's been a lot of change there uh I, so i understand that but it was just weird how that situation played out I don't think he got a fair shake here. He's been banged up so many years just because of all the big hits he's taken. And he finally got an opportunity to sit out a substantial amount of time. So I think a lot of those nagging injuries would have mend themselves over that period of time. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Cam Newton come back, maybe not MVP form, but be better than he has been the last couple of years in Carolina. Yeah, I think the physical is going to be big on him. And maybe with everything going on with COVID-19, maybe that's probably why we haven't seen any movement yet. I mean, I know it's hard to do a physical. Like, they can trust team doctors and stuff, or maybe his own personal doctor. But maybe maybe once we get a little more clarity on social distancing and stuff like that, we could it could happen tonight for all we know. It might be happening as we record this. But uh, I think some intriguing options could be New England. I mean, yeah. San Diego seems like they're pretty committed to Tyrod, which we're going to get into uh, – and then maybe a rookie, but I don't know, or not San Diego, Los Angeles. I'm sorry, right. I keep doing that. But um, <laughs> I know I still just, do it. Yeah. It's hard to see him. Like it would be cool if he was there because they have some talent. And I oh, mean, man. they they started building this line, and they they got the guard that he used to play behind. So maybe, but it's hard. I don't see any link there yet. But New England, I mean, oh, I don't know if I'd want to see that because if he is like you were saying. If he had his year to sit out and he comes back to anything like he was during that MVP season, uh, I don't want to see that again in the Bills division. No, I, I think uh, with the Chargers, you talk about wanting to put butts in seats in a brand-new stadium. Do they have a defense? Yeah, they're doing a lot of good things there in L.A. But yes. that Cam Newton would put a little juice in that bolt, if you will. That's definitely more sexier than Tyrod Taylor. And like I said in the past, I love Tyrod. But if you can, if you can uh, show that you have Cam Newton there, and he's a flashy guy to begin with, uh, that w- and people, people know, it's you're trying to win a fan base over. And if you put Cam Newton next to Tyrod, you know fans are going to cling to a Cam Newton way more than a Tyrod. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, another team I know you mentioned New England, but staying in that same division, I know you wouldn't want to see this either. Is can you see him in Miami? No, I think I think they're pretty committed to have Fitz there. And uh, probably roll with a rookie and have not that rookie could take over mid year, possibly, if not beat him out in training camp. But it would be interesting, but I don't know if they'd want to go that route. I, I, I can't see Flores doing that. So, yeah, I want to share one dark horse possibility here is the uh, Washington Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Ron Rivera there, and if anybody watched the All or Nothing uh, a couple seasons ago and Amazon. Ron Rivera and, and Cam Newton had a pretty good relationship. You know, we talk about the Redskins taking Tua. You know, we wonder, is uh, Dwayne Haskins a Ron Rivera guy? I think that might be kind of interesting if they if he brings in Cam Newton, at least to compete with the second-year quarterback. 
Or you can give Haskins a little more time. I mean, oh, maybe true. kind of like a Brett Favre and Rodgers type thing, and you you know the camp can perform for Ron Rivera, so you bring him in, and if he's not healthy, then you do have Haskins. But, I mean, if he plays well, Haskins, he can learn under him. I mean, and maybe uh, Cam can take that more mentorship role and uh, try to win with uh, Washington, but at the same time, train his replacement, per se. Yeah. So that'd be interesting to see. But if it happens, you heard it here first, then good to go football. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Just like the two, a draft pick. Exactly. Everything revolves around the Redskins here. All the, you know, going out on a limb. Oh, yeah. Revolve around the Redskins. I don't know why. But anyway. And we got some New England stuff to talk about with their quarterback situation. So, yeah, are they are they going to make a trade or are they just going to roll with Stidham? I, I mean, I I keep thinking Andy Dalton's going to end up there somehow, and I mean, I think that would be fascinating. Once again, I probably wouldn't want to see it, but I think Andy Dalton would be a good fit there. I think yeah. it's definitely an upgrade over what Brady was last year. No offense to Brady, he's in a better situation now, but he kind of held him back a little bit there towards the end. But he didn't have peace around him either. But, I mean, if they can bring in Dalton and maybe get a weapon or two in the draft, I would be pretty intrigued by that. Yeah, they say they like Steedham. Uh, so all this remains to be seen. You know you know how it is, trying to guess what New England is going to be doing. Yeah. It's always it's kind of tough. up in the air. But we do know what they did is they let uh, the greatest quarterback of all time walk out of their building. Exactly. Um, and I, it's, it's, it's in I flux for the first for time in forever. It's. And it's a beautiful thing. I mean, what, what was the last time <laughs> what this would was? You, what would you give suspended? to see them go four and twelve? <laughs> oh God, I would be so happy. I would. Uh, I would not. I know you'd hear Boston fans uh, crying from here, but I mean, at the same time, I'd, I'd be, I'd have the biggest smile on my face because I've been waiting to see how they're going to react for the last twenty years. There's kids that are in college right now that have never seen a bad team, so well, I would be thrilled to see a Craig, four and twelve year. Think about this, man. We're not just talking 20 years. Talk about a spoiled fan base. They had a quarterback before Brady that wasn't oh, that bad. Bledsoe, exactly. He came right to Buffalo after that, too. He was good, too. They, and he led them like to a Super Bowl. Exactly. Under exactly. Bill Parcells. They lost they to lost Brett to the Favre. Packers. Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, I mean, I don't know how many years we're going back here. 25 years, Maybe. Where they've yep. had solid, really, really solid, if not the best ever quarterback play. And it's come and to an end. And there's teams like the Browns that go 25 years <laughs> without a quarterback. <laughs> exactly. So, Well, good for them. I hope uh, I hope they enjoyed their 20 years, and I'm hoping <laughs> for 20 years in the opposite direction. But uh, we'll see. We will see. Uh, lastly, another team, quarterback for the Chargers. I, I mean, we've kind of already discussed it. Looks like Tyrod Taylor, you know, Cam Newton, uh, Jameis Winston, maybe. But if they got Tyrod, I don't know what the point of bringing Winston in would be. I don't know that that's much of an upgrade or anything much different necessarily. Yeah, because Tyrod protects the ball and Jameis doesn't. So I mean, it depends on where uh, they want to go, where Anthony Lynn wants to his team to go. Because like we said, they're adding talent. So do they want that gunslinger or? Do they just want to play conservative? Because Philip Rivers was kind of like that gunslinger last year. Every every game I watched, it seemed like he was just throwing it up. Yeah. So. I, you know, Winston had a good line in Tampa, but he wouldn't here in um, L.A. So I don't think that would turn out so well. Something I am sort of speculating here is they're picking sixth. I can see them. I'm going to say if they don't land Cam, they might move up to grab Tua and have him develop – under T-Mobile. That would be cool. I, I, I think that would be a pretty good move for them. And uh, Tyrod, um, I don't think he wanted to play that role in Buffalo. So, I mean, he would get that chance to play that role. Maybe he comes out and lights it up, and he is the quarterback for one or two years, or maybe earns a spot, and then Tua can get healthy. So that would be interesting to see. Yeah, because it looks like, you know, this is a good team. With the exception of some holes in the offensive line, it looks like they've tried to fix with the Trey Turner trade. Um. You know, they, they still need some patching up, but a mobile quarterback like T-Mobile can help make up for some of that, as would Tua. He can move around quite a bit when he's healthy, right? Yes. So this is a good team, especially with what they've done on the defensive side. Oh, they did also bring in uh, Brian Balaga, the tackle from um, – he's been playing in Green Bay. So they're sure, they're, they're sure up that line a the little right bit. The right side so. is good. Yep. Um, they also – they brought in Linval Joseph today and um, – 
the cornerback from Denver, Harris. Exactly. So they're like they continue to add to that defense. So I mean, what would you really need out of Tyrod? But twenty points. I mean, he can do that. He can he can hit the deep ball. Yeah. He's conservative. I mean, if you're not going to have your defense on the field all the time, I mean, you can you can make some hay with him. So Keenan Allen can, on the outside. Exactly. Keenan Allen. You have Mike Williams. I mean, bringing back Hunt. Yep. Hunter Henry's coming back. Yeah. So, I mean, you have talent there. And if Tua isn't right with his hip, maybe that would be where San Diego's like, hey, we got some time. Let's trade up. If we have to trade next year's first two, we still get Tua. And Tua can be our first round pick next year, too. I mean, that, that could be a direction they try to take and to try to just uh, get by as a bridge quarterback. I, I, poor Tyrod's always the bridge quarterback, it seems. But, I mean, maybe maybe that's a situation that they could go. And maybe that's why they're not trying to make that flashy pick. I think they made a run at Brady. I think Brady might have said no. It, it yeah. sounds like that. So I think it was too much money. Yeah. They weren't willing to do the money. So Especially the way they wanted to keep filling out the rest of the roster. So Yeah. Tom Telesco, you know, he has he's drafting he's drafted incredibly well. Exactly. Um, he's done a good job. You don't hear much about him. He's another uh state of New York guy, but he's done a good job. And the elephant in the room is still they have Mahomes. So I mean, yes, continue to build your defense to try to slow Mahomes down. I mean, yeah, you can get into a shootout, maybe Tua or so a different quarterback will be that answer eventually where your defense won't have to be solid, but if your defense can get some stops you have a chance against Pat Mahomes. So that's maybe that's what they're thinking right now. That, that's an excellent point because of that division they're in. If there's a quarterback that you'd be able to maybe, you know, potentially go toe-to-toe with in a shootout, it'd be Tua. It's not going to be Tyrod or even Cam Newton, for that matter, at this point in his career. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, some intriguing stuff. I know uh, there's some other free agents that we're still waiting to hear on. I know Clowney. I know this is getting away from the quarterback talk. I mean, I think we covered all that. Yeah. But, uh, Clowney, we'll see where he goes. Does like you mentioned earlier, does he maybe swing back around to the Giants now that it's a little bit different? Uh, we we're waiting on Emmanuel Sanders. I know he's been linked to Dallas. Um, who are some other? Melvin Gordon is a big name. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. I've, I've seen, I saw a tweet. I don't know how factual it is, but Buffalo Buccaneers, and I can't remember who the third team was. That'd be interesting too. I mean, but some big names, and maybe the market isn't what they thought it was going to be coming out. So. Uh, we should have some more clarity by our next episode, uh, and hopefully uh, we have some more excitement by then too. Yeah, Robbie Anderson's another wide receiver. Oh yeah, Robbie Anderson. There. That's right there. Yeah. So, and, then, and uh, folks, if you're looking for something to do, let's say maybe you're um, remaining in place or what have you, it can't go to work. The NFL just announced today that Game Pass is free, so you can go back and watch film from every game. I think going back to 2009. Exciting! I know I got a lot of games I want to watch too. So yeah, maybe watch some old Tyrod film. Actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back and watch every one of Daniel Jones's starts and and Kyler Murray's and put them against each other and do a segment on that. How uh, I believe Jones got snubbed for Rookie of the Year. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, exciting time. So hopefully that that's cool that the NFL is doing that for everybody. While uh, we might be in quarantine, we're not there yet, but we might be. So yeah. Um, and hopefully uh, we can get another mock draft out this weekend or so. So um, I know we got a little bit of time on our hands possibly. So we want to get some more episodes out there. So we're looking at a mock draft, right? Yeah. Stay on the lookout for that, everybody. Stay safe and look out for uh, good to go football second mock draft. Yes. And then let us know if you want us to discuss anything else by hitting up our Twitter handle too. So good yeah, to go hit football. Hit us up on Twitter. It's G2G football. G2G football. Can't wait. So uh, let's keep rolling. All right. We'll talk Greg. To you soon. Hey, good talking to you tonight. And thanks everybody for joining in. We'll see you next time. Be safe.